this video is just like a fire alarm. It's going to anger a lot of people, but it will warn you of danger. Number one, hell is full of insomniacs. Revelation 14 verse 11 says this, And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast in his image, and whoever receives the mark of his name. I hope you won't judge me for telling you this, but I have anxiety, and there's been periods in my life where I've really struggled to sleep. Do you know what it's like when you can't sleep? The next day you can't focus, your heart is beating fast, there's a clamminess about you, you feel uneasy, anxious. Let's be honest, sleep is a precious gift from God. When you lay your head down on a pillow, and you're so tired and your body falls into a deep sleep and then the next morning you wake up refreshed that is a precious gift isn't it but the Bible teaches that there is a people there is a vast number of people from the beginning of the world to the end of the world who have rejected God and so God has said if you want nothing to do with me fine spend eternity apart from me in a place where you can worship the beast you can be with the devil and his angels for all of eternity and that's what they do day after day night and day they worship this beast and never again do they have the sweet relief of falling asleep I remember a couple of years ago I was burdened with a sin that just kept coming up over and over in my life but there was a verse which God printed on my heart and every time I was tempted to go to that sin this verse came to my mind listen to it it's from Proverbs chapter 27 verse 20 and it says this hell and destruction are never full so the eyes of man are never satisfied so every time my eyes looked upon something pleasurable I remembered that time after time I've gone to this sin and it's left me empty time after time I've been dissatisfied like the song goes I can't get no satisfaction and yet that's what the Bible says about the people in hell here they are they said I want my sin I don't want anything to do with you God so God again respects their free will and says have your sin for all of eternity and that sin has just become like this rottenness, bitter wormwood that they chew on day after day and it leaves them restless, it leaves them unsatisfied. But not only are their hearts never contented, but the place itself, hell itself, is never full. It never reaches full capacity. Right or wrong, there will be a lot more people in hell than there will be in heaven. It's right, isn't it? Jesus himself said this, there's a broad path and there are many many people on it leading down to hell leading to destruction and he said there's also a narrow path and this path leads to eternal life and very few find it are you one of the few number two in hell there is a lake of fire revelation chapter 20 verse 15 says this and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I remember I was once at a Bible study when a young Christian lady opened up and said, I'm not sure I actually want to go to heaven. You see, my husband, he'll never believe in God and he's going straight to hell. So I'd rather be with him in hell than go to heaven and be apart from him. I wonder now if there's anyone listening who feels like that too. Can I try to address this as gently as possible? Because I understand this is a very sensitive topic. You see, God is the source of love. So all love streams and flows out of him. And because the love of God is not in hell, 
well. There'll be no ability, there'll be no way anyone can love one another in that horrible place of destruction. Another popular misconception is people say the most beautiful people will go to hell, the best musicians will go to hell, the most talented, gifted people, they'll all be there, it'll be one big party. Let me tell you why that could not be further from the truth. Isaiah 66 verse 24, and they shall go forth and look upon the corpses of the men who have transgressed against me, for their worm does not die, and their fire is not quenched, and they shall be an abhorrence to all flesh. Do you know what that word abhorrence means? It's like a disgust, a disgust which is so strong, there is pure hatred towards it. And that's what the people in hell will look like. Because they have chosen their sin, hell will change them forever. Their sin will distort them. A bit like Gollum in Lord of the Rings. You remember how obsessed he was with the ring. And because it became so much to him, it got a grip of him and the darkness took over him and made him look so repulsive to the outside world. Number three. In hell there will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Matthew 13 verse 41 says this, The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdoms all things that offend, and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Not many of you will have heard of this medical condition unless you yourself suffer from it. It's called bruxism. What's bruxism? Well, bruxism is basically where a man or woman grinds their teeth, grinds their jaw, they clench it, usually because of stress. And here the Lord Jesus Christ brings this picture of the whole population of hell gnashing their teeth, grinding their teeth. But why will they be grinding their teeth? Well, for the same reason that I mentioned earlier, because the sheer stress and pressure and anxiety of hell will be too much that they'll try and relieve themselves. But not only will the sound of grinding be heard, but the sound of weeping and wailing will be heard. When I was 16 years old, I had a heart operation and I was in hospital for two weeks. And I remember one night, very specifically, I needed the toilet in the middle of the night. So I got up and I walked down the corridors between the wards in the hospital. It was all shadowy, it was dark, there was a bit of light and you could hear the heart monitors just faintly beeping in the background. But then I heard a wailing scream that I will never forget. It was an elderly woman who was screaming and screaming for help. And here I am, years and years later, that sound is still etched on my mind. But in hell there won't just be one person wailing. The whole population will be wailing and screaming and crying in hell. My dear friends, hell is no game. Go anywhere, but do not go to hell. Number four, in hell there are no fire escapes. Luke 16 verse 26 says this, And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Leonard Ravenhill said, There are a million roads to hell, but there are no roads out. He also once said, People pray in hell, but no one ever answers. When I was at high school, I studied history, and I remember a film that we all watched to learn more about the Holocaust. And in this film, there was a particular scene where the Nazi leaders were incredibly deceptive. They told the Jews, this big group of Jews, maybe a hundred Jews, they said, it's time for you to have a shower. So they 
take them into this big dark room and you can see the light just streaming in through the door and they tell the Jews to take off their clothes so they all remove their clothing and then they shut the door and the Jews realize they're not in a shower at all they're in the gas chambers and they run and start scraping at the walls, they start banging at the walls, they start pleading, please let us out. I think one of the worst things about hell will be that first moment when a man or woman is trapped there and they realise there's this big great chasm which is fixed and there's no way out. This morning when I was writing notes for this message, I just got overwhelmed with this dread, with that picture that the Lord put back in my mind of those Jews who suffered dreadfully in the Holocaust and then the picture of, of just thinking about all these people, my family members even, who are trying to get out of hell, climbing ladders, scraping at the walls of hell, but there's no way to get out, there's no escape. And the question that comes to our mind is, why God? Why would a loving God allow this to happen to so many people? Well, the reality is God is a God of love. He's a God of grace. Just watch my videos. I love to preach the grace of God. But God also has other attributes. He's a God of wrath. He's a God of judgment. Would you do something for me now? I want you to think in your mind, I don't know when you're watching this video, what time, what date it is, but I guarantee that there's been a very recent injustice that you've heard about in the news. Pretty much every day we switch on the news and we hear about an injustice. There's one I can particularly think of right now which angered the whole world. Why is that? Because the Bible says in Romans that God has written the law upon man's heart by giving us a conscience and human beings we have a strong justice system if someone does something evil we get angry we get upset about it and that's us sinners with fallen minds imagine the holy righteous God who has never done anything wrong his justice system is far more sensitive than ours crimes deserve a punishment and our crimes against the Holy Creator God deserve to be punished. But thanks be to God that he sent a Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who took in his body the sins of the world so that you and I could be forgiven if we call out to him and receive this wonderful salvation that Jesus Christ, the darling of heaven, died for me. He died for you. You see at the cross, both of God's attributes are displayed, the justice of God and the mercy of God. He is just in that he punishes Jesus Christ for our sins and our sin was dealt with at the cross. The weight of our sin was laid on Christ and there was a legal transaction that took place. The worst of us was put on him and the best of Christ can be given to us as a gift if we receive Jesus Christ. But then the mercy of God also was met at the cross because God can be merciful to any sinner, to anyone who will humbly cry out, save me Lord Jesus. I bow the knee and I make Jesus Christ my Lord and Saviour today. God can have mercy to that person and give them eternal life and save them from that terrible place called hell that I've been preaching in this message. Number five. In hell, the unbeliever will see the wrath of God. Revelation 14 verse 9 says this, Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image, and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself 
shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. I want you to think about something. God only had one son and he sent him into this world. And how did this world treat him? They beat him. They spat on him, they plucked out his beard, they smashed a crown of thorns into his skull, they put nails through his hands and his feet, he was stripped naked, he took the spiritual darkness that you and I deserve on that cross, he was crucified so that you and I could be forgiven. Now imagine after all this, and those of you who are parents like me, we would rather die than see any of our children suffer like that, we would rather take the place of that, but to think after all this, that there'll still be men and women, many men and women, he'll say, I'm fine. I don't need Jesus. I don't need you, God. I can do it myself. If there is a God, I'll earn my way into heaven with my good works. What do you think will happen to this patient, loving God who in his kindness has offered his son to save wretched sinners like you and me, if on that day we reject him? Well, the obvious answer is this, there is going to be nothing but fury, indignation and wrath, righteous wrath that will await the unbeliever who rejects this precious son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know what you have to do to get to hell? Absolutely nothing. Just be yourself and you'll get there just fine. The Bible says all liars will have their part in the lake of fire and there's not a single person who can hear my voice now who has never told a lie. So we all deserve to go to hell. You see, hell is all inclusive. Believe me, there'll be many churchgoers in hell. There'll be many charity workers in hell. There'll be many upstanding citizens. Hell doesn't care. It has everyone. It includes anyone. The only way you can escape hell is through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That blood can scrub away our stains. It can wash as white as snow. But if you reject that loving Saviour, mark my words, you will go to hell. Psalm 2 verse 12 says this, Kiss the Son, that's Jesus, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are those who put their trust in him. Can I ask you a question? Have you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? Can you say that if today was your last day on planet Earth, you will escape this place called hell. You have a mansion in the sky and you know that you're going to heaven, you're going to see the Lord Jesus Christ. If the answer's no, and you feel like God has spoken to you in this video, I'm gonna plead with you right now. Get on your knees now and cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you and to save you. The Bible promises us that any who'll come to him, he'll by no means cast out. Any who'll put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll say, Lord God, have mercy on me. He'll save and forgive and clothe them in his righteousness. But if you're a Christian, you also need to respond to this message. You and I can't sit back watching Netflix, watching television while the rest of the world is perishing. Many of us are rearranging furniture on a sinking Titanic when the world goes to hell. You might not know this about me, but I'm a full-time evangelist and I've got friends who also do this work. And I stood there once and I saw one of my best friends have condoms thrown at him 
as he was street preaching the gospel. Another friend I know of who slept next to a toilet so he could reach students there and the only place the students gave him to sleep on this mission was to sleep next to a toilet. I've heard of another street preacher who whilst he was street preaching another person came up and urinated on him. I myself have been kicked to the floor when I was preaching. Someone's tried to pull my trousers down. Why? Why do we take this? We do all of this because we believe there is a hell that people are going to. And we will die, we will take anything, any mocking, any humiliation, because we just want people to hear about this glorious Saviour. If Jesus Christ is willing to die on a cross for me, the least I can do is go out there and take his message to a lost people. One day, three pastors asked if they could spend the day with D.L. Moody, because they wanted to know why is it that this man has had so much success in his ministry. He's uneducated.